Is that a, what hat is that? Is that Marlin's hat? Is that a Miami University hat? Mexico, dog. Of course. You're Mexican. I want to say this was their hat for the baseball classic a while back. For Mexico. For, for America. Huh? For America? For Mexico. Oh, this is the Mexico hat. Mm, gotcha. Team Mexico, bro. Hashtag. <laughs> Team Mexico. Hashtag. Team half Mexican. Take a shot. I said half Mexican. Kevin. Where's Kevin been? He hasn't been in our shows lately. I feel like he's trying to better himself. I don't <laughs> and like we it. don't we don't support it, Kevin. No. Stop. Come back to the show. Drink. <laughs> drink heavily. Get drink on get drunk on Tuesday night. So what else are Tuesday nights for? <laughs> All right, Keith. Yeah. How about it? How about it? Talking about a classic. Yes, we are. We are. Just, we open every episode, I, and I feel like I just want to say I'm excited because I love movies, and I'm excited to talk about movies, especially movies that yeah. I find very funny. The end. Such as? Oh, so, <laughs> such as Beverly Hills Cop, the original. I just got off the phone with an Inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. Eddie Murphy. Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> that should be my new thing, is I just kind of hum the theme songs for all these movies. It'd be better than really any of the opinions you share, so I'm not totally against it. <laughs> oh, I'm only you just kind of just mute you mute yourself and then do the tunes, and I'll just talk about films. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think most Beverly people... Hills Cop came out in 1984. <laughs> Stars Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Ronnie Cox, mm. Bronson Pincho. 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 I believe it's Pincho. Uh, what's the girl's name? Girl. The actress? I don't. Come I don't. on. I don't. The character's I don't Jenny. I just looked it up. Please welcome Lisa Eilbacher. <laughs> Didn't have much of a career after this. That's, no. <laughs> that's, maybe we should start there. What happened to Jenny's career? I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, there'll be other films. Lisa. I know. Don't, I don't have another that. one. I have another one. Who, who got the part? Do you know who got the part? Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. I don't think we should start. Like the, I don't think we should start with Jenny. I feel like there's someone else we should start with. Let's do an hour. Let's do an hour deep dive on Jenny. <laughs> oh, that's what that's what people showed up for Beverly Hills Cop breakdown <laughs> yeah. for. Jenny, yeah. where is she? What's she up to these days? Yeah, it was the biggest movie. It was like one of the biggest movies of all time. It's the highest grossing film of 84. It's like the, it was the third highest grossing R-rated film uh, forever. Like it's, it's, uh, it was a huge hit. Catapulted uh, Jenny into where? Where <laughs> into did she go? Mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> Catapulted our boy Eddie Murphy into yeah. the stratosphere um, and helped make him really one of the two or three biggest stars of the 80s. And uh, it's, it's fun of to all look time. back on. Of all time. Not just the 80s. Eddie Murphy. Well, sure, of all time, of because all time. of the 80s. 
Sure, but I was looking, I was looking at his IMDb again a little bit earlier, just to like refresh. The 90s, he had a bunch of hits, like a bunch of hits as well. Some of his- Yeah, but they're all bad movies though. That's the difference. <laughs> hey, hey, he, he stayed with hits. He got those hits. Yeah. Nutty the Nutty Professor was like hugely successful. Huge. And I, I bet you I couldn't make it through any of those right that now. That is and a I, and I liked it. I liked the first one when it came out. But it is a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like but he was Dr. Like Doolittle. Still really successful. Yeah, Dr. Doolittle. Shrek was in the 2000s. This guy's three decades deep making like, you know, Shrek is. Look, you don't put me on the team of like ripping on Eddie Murphy because I'm not. But you're not gonna, it's not, doesn't compare to the 80s. The 80s is what made him yes. a superstar, where it was like Michael Jackson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Like that. Yeah. I just, those I just, three. Sounds like you hate Eddie Murphy. Guys, he Prince, hates Eddie Murphy. Madonna. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's a god. He's, my, he's like my favorite comedy. He stars in my two favorite comedies of all time. He's like my favorite stand up comedian on the strength of two specials yeah. of all time. Take all the pussy. They be here, come pussy. Here, come pussy for you. Some pussy for you. Pussy. I be saying, thank you. I appreciate it. I like all the pussy. Thank you. Too much pussy. Pussy be falling out my pockets and shit. Walking down the street, I say, oh, excuse, watch your step. That's mine. He's amazing. Thank he, you. he is. He, he taught me funny. <laughs> Good. Now we're, now we're, give that man some respect. <laughs> uh, I can't say enough about Eddie. Love Eddie. So you have to, you have to love this movie. I don't know how someone, like, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't like, like it. it. Like, maybe you don't love it. Maybe you don't think it's an all-time great. But you, you can't, like, not like it. You can't think it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, the, yeah, it's, I don't know how you can't like it. It's just, it's, it's, at worst, it's enjoyable. Like, that's its yeah. worst quality. Ver the worst version of this movie, I think, to people is just like, yeah, I, it's enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it. What do you think? What do you think makes Eddie Murphy such a star? What do, What do you think? Because I have some specific traits, but I want to hear from you. Eddie Murphy is a star. I think, in no particular order, he is, at, at especially in the '80s, looking at that point in time when his fame just exploded. He is charismatic. He is handsome. He is cool. He is he is witty. He is cunning. He is just the epicenter of cool. Like he is, he is someone you aspire to be. Like you just want to be the most popular guy at school. Like that's, that's just, he, and he does it without trying. It is effortless for him. Uh, with so, someone like, even like Ryan Reynolds, you can see he's trying at times, who I think is pretty cool himself. But at sometimes you look at him and you go, oh, he, he's doing a thing. He's doing a thing. Eddie Murphy is effortless when, when he is at his best. And, and that's majority of his career. Hey, buddy, what you doing here? Oh, officer, you know what just happened a few minutes ago? You ain't gonna believe this shit. Check this out. The truck, it just stopped, man. It just stopped. I think maybe that's the best way I can describe it. It, is, it exudes from him. It, it is effortless. He makes it look so simple to do what he does and what he does is incredibly difficult. Maybe? Yeah, that's I agree with thoughts. that. No, I think that's a good point. I think I think like he's the class clown, but he's cool. And those those two things aren't really usually <laughs> overlapping. Where you're like the coolest guy in school, but you're also the funniest guy in school. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about what is his recipe, and I think that especially for this kind of film, where it's like he's hilariously funny, 
and he manages to exude like a certain, like a very, you know, I don't need to, we don't need to like really dwell on this, but a really unique sexual appeal, like a really interesting, yeah. like not, not androgynous, but you know, there's just something to the way that he, like his, his motions, like you can see why people would find him really attractive, uh, both women and men, like yeah. at that time, like you want to be around him. Uh, he's, he's relatable while also being believable as in sort of these action physical role. Like, it's just a really unique blend of traits where you just like want to hang out with this person and you want to watch them kick ass and you believe they could, but you are not threatened by that. And like, you know, it's, it's all that stuff uh, is, is just a really one of a kind. I really think his skill set is, is super one of a kind and effortlessly cool is a really good way of, of describing that. It's like his jokes are funny as hell and cool. Like, how could you do that? I think- yeah. Normally it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a, he has the ability to switch on a dime. Uh, I think in a way that a few people can do where, and you see it a lot in, 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 in this film specifically, but like throughout his career, he'll, he'll be serious and then just turn into a bit. He didn't stand up, but, but in like this film, like he's got, I don't want to say like range is probably not the right way to describe it, but he's just got that ability to slip into something, again, seamlessly, effortlessly. Yes, I'm looking for Victor Maitland. And be a character, slip out, and then be just the coolest motherfucker in the room. I'm back. Like, yeah. That's, you know, that's really hard. Like Robin Williams had the ability to kind of go into bits seamlessly and come out of them seamlessly, but he was never that cool. He was never the yeah. most attractive man in the room at the same time. You know, it's not yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. it's just it, it, what he can do, you know, God's gift. Some of it's just God-given talent, but just it's, it's amazing what he can do. He deserves credit for it. Yeah, that's what, that to me is what makes him an all-time great, for sure. I think the, the fact that this movie, like you just, this is like similarly to Blues, the Blues Brothers that we just talked about, but like, this is like, I loved this movie as a kid. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, deep cut F. Duran trivia fact, the first script I ever tried to write in my life was for Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, I started a script, and when I was 14 years old, on my old Macintosh computer, uh, started, I still have it on a disc somewhere, I'd love to find it and read it, but I just remember it started with a big shootout in an apartment, and I was like, I'm gonna write this script because I love Eddie Murphy and I love Beverly Hills Cop so much. Um, but like, I just love these kinds of films because it's simple. It's it's a simple idea, but it does all the things that like a good movie should in terms of like you know the uh, there there's an element of like revenge tale a little bit. There's fish out of water. There's like buddy cop stuff. There's really genuinely funny bits, and then there's like some kind of like fun action, like fun cool action. Um, and, and, and that's like a pretty drama. simple recipe. And, and there's some real, there's like, when that guy gets murdered, spoiler alerts, in the beginning, like, that's real, the guy gets shot in the back of the head at point blank range. Like, yeah. th there's dramatic moments, too. And that's a, that's a, 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 a piece of filmmaking that I think is, is, is lost today that I, I definitely want to discuss. Because this film is designated as a comedy. No, yeah, yeah, I think it sounds like you're gonna give the dramatic elements a little more credit than I would, so go ahead and, and make your case. 
<laughs> I'm not giving it more credit in terms of other films. I'm giving this film credit for holding some things honest. Hey, look, we're talking about a friend of mine here. For holding some things as grounded. Because yeah. I only think about if movies are made today because I live in today and I can't help but get away from it. But movies aren't made the way that they are. <laughs> like I just sound like such an old man shouting at, at clouds. But back then they made, they made like, this was designated as a comedy, but the comedy doesn't come from someone fumbling a gun or someone slipping or fat people falling down or whatever. There's no banana peels in this film. There's just, there just isn't, there's dramatic moments. There's lighthearted moments. There's fun moments. There's action moments. There's everything. And, and what you said before, they check the boxes of what a film just needs to do. Not A-level stuff, but just like, this is what a film has to do to be a film, to live in this medium and to execute this medium yeah. well. And yeah. that is, is, is lost uh, on today, I feel like. I feel like, and tell me your thoughts on what I'm about to say. I feel like today they have boiled down audiences so small in an attempt to make money to get a return on their investment. And I'm only speaking on like mainstream blockbuster type films. I'm sure there's art house films or indie films that don't do this to this level. But this is a big budget movie. This is a big deal, these, ty these type of action movies, this movie at that point. And if they make it today, it's a big deal. They boil it down so, so far that this, that it's just talking to one person. It's, it's like we're 13 year old boys who have iPhones and like skateboards. Like that's, it's just like, this is for this group of people specifically. And everything just gets so watered down be, because of it. Where back then they were trying to make a, a movie, like a movie period that people could generally enjoy. And if, do you like action movies? Like that's the layer down that it went. Like, do you like some funny stuff? Like action stuff? Well, there's some stuff in there for you. And more people could generally go to it. But now they boil it down so thin that it's just, this movie would suck so much today if it came out because it would be slapsticky and jokey and, and PG and goofy. Yeah, but you're backwards. You're arguing on the wrong side there. Like, you're right about that, but then you're saying that you think it's bad now because it's such a narrow audience. It's the opposite. It's bad now because they're trying to please everyone so that they can make more money, so that it's much more general. That's why, that's why when we talk about... Uh, Whatever the last Marvel film we talked about, that fucking Doctor Strange Ugh. nightmare garbage. Uh, they're like they're trying to appeal to everybody. They're trying to appeal to a forty-year-old guy and a ten-year-old girl, and that's why there's slapsticky bullshit in there with like kind of violent horror. Like that's what movies are. Well, more that Marvel generally specifically, large. yes, Marvel specifically. I think look no further than like the Die Hard series is a very you could parallel that to this, where it's like a a, a very uh, you know isolated action film that's a classic it's amazing and then as that goes on up until the last one which i haven't seen whichever five or six years ago uh which they were like you know the, the moon's gonna fucking blow up or whatever like it's just absurd stupid large action uh instead of just being like a good character driven film um and we should say we're gonna find out how bad it is when beverly hills cop 4 starts shooting here in the next uh year or so I forgot. I forgot. I forgot straight, that that straight was straight to Netflix. Uh, uh, is it going straight to Netflix? I pray to God it's good. I pray to. I pray it, to. I pray to you God. You know. You know. You know. <laughs> you know what's coming. It's coming to America. It's coming. The real budgets are clean, man.
like that, that's, it's gonna be really colorful and really bland and really digital and uh, will probably be an exact replication of the first movie. Um, or they'll go the other direction and it'll be like, the moon is exploding. We have to send Axel Foley to space. Like, it's gonna be one of those two things. I think it'll just be a rehash of Of the first one. one? Yeah. But neither here nor there. We're not pessimistic. <laughs> it's so it's so de it's so depressing. I just I, I love that it's uh, I love that it's rated R. Yeah, man, don't square off on me with some bullshit. You want to start some static? Hey, don't push me. Fuck you, man. I love that it's rated R so much because it gives it weight. Like the, yeah. I, this is such the a stakes. The stakes, yeah. It's absolutely. I know this is such a small example, but not only does it give it weight, I think it. It grounds it in a sense of reality as well. Again, that, that moment where the guy blows the guy's head off from point blank range, like you're like, shit, that's a, that's a fucking real thing. But this is on a such smaller scale. In the beginning of the movie, when uh, Axel Foley meets Jenny at the, at, the, at the art gallery or whatever, and they start, they start just like playful banter or whatever, and he says like, oh, you really filled out or something. She goes, fuck you. Like, that level of greeting, like it's just that's that's how old friends. If me, if I saw yeah, you the first time, that's how adults talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's like, oh fuck you, you're an asshole. Like that's how it just felt. It just feels so much more lived in, so much more tangible, so much more authentic. Like, just not this overly processed bullshit, watered down nonsense. Like Red Notice, just there's yeah. none of that energy in something like Red Notice when it comes out. Today, not to continue to pick on Red Notice, but I that, can't help it. I think about Red Notice sucks. all the time. I think about Red Notice sucks. all the time. It should have been time. good. <laughs> like it, ugh. Yeah. Anytime I watch a movie like this, I think of Red Notice. I, I did myself as I rewatched Beverly Hills Cop. I was like, fucking Red Notice thinks that this is that they're doing this, and it's just, it's just, it's really sad. <laughs> it's really sad. It's so sad. But that's what that's what Beverly Hills Cop Four is going to be. Netflix. You know, like that's what it's gonna be. It can't, it, it, I, let's not, I don't wanna do it. We'll, we'll review it when it comes out. <laughs> I don't wanna do it right now. I don't wanna do it right now. I can't, I emotionally can't handle it. Yeah, I can't handle it, I get it, I get it. I can't. I don't even know, why do we know where to go? It's like, Eddie Murphy's phenomenal and amazing and a one of a kind talent and we're just, is just getting him at the launch pad of his career. Yeah. And then the awesome checks, the boxes that it checks, you know, like the, the film. It's like, that, that's, that's what works. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, I love the movie. Again, I don't think you can't just like enjoy it, but I love the movie and I will watch it every time it's on TV. But if I'm gonna be a little bit critical, <laughs> I don't think the movie does anything exceptionally well. Like there are certain things in, in older films, Blues Brothers, for example, like the cinematography, I think, sings in certain parts well, yeah, of Yeah, Martin film. Brest is no uh, John Landis. Yeah, so no disrespect. It, it does like the writing doesn't seem overly great. The performances don't seem overly great. I just enjoy Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy, but yeah, nothing Eddie nothing Murphy jumps the... out to me as like what makes this film great. Just nothing's bad. Nothing is even close to being bad. Nothing is bad at all, and Eddie Murphy is so phenomenal. Yeah, like it's just it, this is the definition of like a star making vehicle. Is like. Everything's pretty simple. You get a very competent uh, supporting cast, and then you just put your star in there to carry this thing and, and be the reason why tickets get sold. And that's what it is. And there's that that's not an insult. Like it's 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 just great for what it is. It's it's just great for what it is. 
I think that's a valid point. Yeah. I brought up uh, Martin Brest, the, the director, who was like a, a thing there for a while and kind of a sad, sad tale. You know, he, he did uh, Midnight Run, which was another big movie in the, in the 80s with De Niro and Charles Grodin and had, you know, Scent of a Woman and a couple others in the, in the 90s. And then he did Gigli. He's the filmmaker behind Ooh. Gigli, Affleck and J-Lo. It's turkey time. Huh? Uh, Very topical, you know, though. Those two lovebirds yeah, finally the figured it out. Maybe, is it time to forgive Martin Brest for Gigli? Gobble, gobble. He retired, the poor guy. He just gave up film because the, the reaction to that wow. film was so horrible. And I guess also was very like studio interference, which is all just a recipe for death. Yeah. And just like, he's like, fuck this. <laughs> like I've had, <laughs> I've had a 20 year, very successful career, 20 or 30 year, made some all time greats. I'm never fucking doing this again. Like that's, that makes me sad. Cause you know, it's sad. He's been a guy his whole life. You know, he was responsible for some great films and then he's just yeah. like, you know what? I'm, I'm out at 55 or whatever, because yeah. you guys are all dicks. I could, <laughs> but I can imagine there's never a point in time where I think anyone feels that they've made it. Like, it's easy for us to say in this position, because we love to have that kind of resume and be in those positions. But when you get in those positions, you're just in those positions and you're only worried about yeah, the things. Yeah, just your life, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're just worried about the things you're not getting at that point, or the breaks you didn't get. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a recipe for self-loathing. The business, yeah. <laughs> being a creative, yeah. trying to make films, expressing your, your art or your cre creative vision. It's like just a recipe for depression. And that's why I love it so much. <laughs> well, especially film, especially film. That's like Kevin Smith has a great quote about like, filmmakers is, is such a unique, artistic venture because you have to, it requires you getting millions of dollars from somebody else. Like, hey, you give me a hundred million dollars so I can make my art, you know? <laughs> like, like, that's tough. There's, most other artists don't have any, yeah. anything like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a, it is a masochistic pursuit. It's, it's nuts, so I, I get it. I love it, I love the pain! <laughs> no, no. Sorry. No, Everett. It really hurt, yeah. it really hurt. It looked like it, it hurt. It's commitment. You gotta commit to the bit, you guys. Lesson one. Lesson, lesson one of comedy. <laughs> Commit to the bit. Welcome to my master class. If it doesn't draw blood, it's not funny. <laughs> Acting, bro. You, you brought up, you know, we talked about all this great stuff about Eddie Murphy, but bringing up the fact that I think part of his relatability, but also like what you, what you want for your own self is his ability to be the smartest guy in the room, to talk his way out of any situation, to be so quick on his feet. I think that's another part of the recipe of this film that makes it so successful that like, I don't know why more movies, especially today, aren't doing that. Where you just like, fish out of water, but he's the smartest guy and he's super clever and he uses his sense of humor to like, get through situations. Like that, that's gold. Like that yeah. will never not work. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why. But again, I bet you there's movies, big movies today that think they are doing that. Like Ryan Reynolds stuff, no disrespect to him who we like, but. It's not, it's not quite the same because it's a little more, it's, it's almost too self-aware. Like Eddie Murphy's not like self-aware. Absolutely not. It's, no. more, it's way more realistic. He's not like, yeah, not winking at the camera. Yeah, I, lo I love Eddie Murphy in, in this film when he's not being funny. Like I think he's good when he's not being funny. There's a real sincerity to his performance. It's just, it's not the greatest performance. I don't want to get it confused. It just feels like more natural. It feels like organic. It's like, this is how this person would really talk. He really would, how he yeah. carry himself. 
You know, not that he's yeah. giving this great, rich performance of it. It's just, it just feels authentic in that way. And that's what's great about Eddie Murphy and in this film specifically. Yeah, yeah. He, totally, he totally feels totally authentic. Only the one time he doesn't, only, uh, only note, is anytime he's holding a gun. I don't know, I don't know, like y'all probably know this, but anytime you see somebody holding a gun like this in a movie, it means they're not a cop. <laughs> and they got like bad training. Yeah. Because that was such a thing for such a long time to like go in with your hand, with your gun up like this. No, if you see if you see a real cop doing that, that's a bad, it's a bad cop. Bad cop. <laughs> like that's just great. And he How do they do it? Ready. Like you come in, like it's it's out, it's extended, but it's down a little bit. So you you walk into the room and you're not pointing it up just in case there's somebody that you don't want to shoot, but it's ready. Like it's quick. That's so, you know, like it's that not, motion is very here. quick. To do this, and then Eddie has a really funny moment where he uh, comes around the corner and like does these big motions like that, <laughs> and that is just like so bad Hollywood. Like if you saw a cop doing that, like that cop doesn't know what they're doing because imagine like, you're, you're here and you get shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> instead of just like oh, like you know what I mean? This this is not this is not realistic. So yeah. that's my one criticism of Eddie Murphy's natural performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I meant yeah. I don't think he's a natural no, I know, cop. I know, you didn't. I know you weren't talking about his physicality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called Segway, Keith. I got to work it in when I can, all right? Mm. Segway Kings. Good you part. ever heard of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, my favorite part of this film is uh, Bronson Pinchot. I think he's great in this film. He makes me laugh so much. And their chemistry is really good, too, together. Like, they work yeah. really... I, like, I want more of that relationship. Like, I want more yeah. from Bronson... Cause he really does steal the scene a bit when like he's on camera. Only run and tell me Summers that uh, Mr. Ahmed Fali is here to no, see. Axel Fali. Axel. Ahmed, Ahwell, Axel. Fali is here to see her. <laughs> so funny. He's so funny. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite parts, if not my favorite part. Yeah, every time I watch this movie, it's not that I forget that he's coming, but it just happens and he's there and you're like, oh yeah, this point, like I love like Serge. I'm fine. My name is Serge. Uh, it's just so, yeah. His his accents are so great. You know, like, uh, yeah. Every line he says is is golden. It's so then, is yeah. One moment. He inspired me. Serge inspired me. I've you know written a number of screenplays. Uh, one of which that was a couple of them have been made, but one of which that was really close to being made that didn't get made was like this really stupid comedy film. And I wrote in a role that was just a direct ripoff of Serge, and it was gonna be played by me. It was gonna be like my cameo role in this film, uh, and the name was Freeze. Uh, and it, it, was a, it was a very uh, effeminate <laughs> character yeah, that like worked imagine. In, in, uh, in, you know, in like a boutique shop, and was like the, the friend, coworker of the main female character. And uh, I was gonna dye my hair like platinum icy white, and I was just gonna wear like Daisy Dukes and be freezed. And I'm That's... every day so glad that film was not made because <laughs> that <laughs> would have been uh, a, a role on my, uh, my IMDb that would not have aged particularly well, I'm sure. Freeze so. is a really funny name. That's a funny name. I, I give I, it it's funny because then the guys go like freeze, freeze. <laughs> like, like it's, I, I, it's funny. Um, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I'll find the script. I'm sure it's offensive. Uh, but I thought I thought it was 
<laughs> it's funny that it was so close. And it's funny rewatching this movie now and remembering how much it inspired me. Because I knew I loved Beverly Hills Cop, but then to remember that it's the first script I tried to write, and then I like lifted elements of it for my own other projects. Like I really, this movie was very impactful. Funny to think about how close it was to being a Sylvester Stallone vehicle. I did not know that. Yeah, like that was there was a lot of other stars that it was offered to and started to be built around, but Stallone went the furthest. And I think I read that it was just a couple of weeks before filming that he uh, that he pulled out and they went in a different direction and went and got Eddie Murphy. But did it they was change the be, script at all? Do you know if they like changed? Yeah, to yeah, yeah. It? Stallone once Stallone got involved, he changed the script to be a straight action film that was like. I think a quote that I read from him is it was going to be like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan. Freeze, asshole! Like it was just going to be like this crazy action movie, which I guess then he went on to kind of do in Cobra. Like the story that he made in the film Cobra was going to be a lot like what he wanted to do in Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, funny to imagine that. I get, you know, Harrison Ford was offered it. A bunch of others were offered it before they made it into this Eddie Murphy star making turn. That's that's interesting because I would have I would have thought like on paper he does forty eight hours, and then you know how studios go like forty hours a success, and they go well we need to do this exact same thing. We need to put Eddie Murphy as a cop, let him go, let him have fun, like yeah. let's build a vehicle around that. I would have thought it was tailored for him the whole time, but I. Clearly, what do I know? Yeah, no, it was it bounced around, I guess, for quite a while with a, with a lot of different people involved. So um, it, it became the best version of what it could be, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, have to talk about the supporting people other than Serge. Uh, we There's mentioned no some other names There's earlier. No <laughs> I think the two buddy cops, the uh, Reinhold and John Ashton, are are great. I think both those guys are great. Uh, I love Eddie Murphy's dynamic with them. I think it's it's fun to see a young Jonathan Banks, who's the bad guy's kind of right-hand man. He, he pops up later in Breaking Bad, very memorably. And yeah, he's, he's in a, a bunch, of, Saul. bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just like great, great familiar 80s faces everywhere. Ronnie Cox is in every 80s movie ever. <laughs> uh, just like, just, just fun. And, and then let's talk about Jen. Jenny, the reason you're all here. <laughs> Weird. It's weird that she didn't become a, you know, I, I don't think she's so great. No, no, like her performance is, you know, kind of what it is. Uh, so I understand, like, it's not like, oh, this woman, she set the world on fire. But like you star in the biggest movie of the year. You're the you're the lead. And then this all ties into other other subjects, because I was thinking, like, how come she didn't get bigger roles? Right. She kind of fizzles after this. She had, you know, one or two. Um, and you're in the biggest movie of the year. You're alongside Eddie Murphy. Seems like you should get a couple of couple big roles. But then I thought, have you, <laughs> this is a weird, <laughs> weird anti I talked about Kevin Hart for 30 minutes, so go ahead. Yeah, I know. I'm actually, at least I'm actually talking about the film that we're here to talk about. <laughs> uh, have you heard about the Axel Foley is gay theories? No. Okay. So there's, though you can find those theories online and there's a lot of breakdowns of like why, like why people think that. And one of the reasons is, is that his relationship with Jenny is not romantic at all. And there's one scene uh, specifically in the middle where, where they go back to his hotel room when he, when he first orders the, the food out to the, the cops. Yeah. Uh, and she like lays down on the bed and kind of throws a little like seductive look. She's batting her eyes a little bit. She's doing like a little sexy thing. 
and and Eddie Murphy's just like, let's call a room service prank, and doesn't pay any romantic attention to her at all, and then that's never even referenced again. Like it's it's for the people who believe that he might be a gay character, they look at that scene as yeah, kind of a, Exhibit A, sure. as like that's the scene in the action movie where the where they hook up, especially in the eighties. Um, so there's and then there's other theories, you know, other things to support that theory. Mm -hmm. No. Because I love you, man. The, the other part, sorry, it's all over the place. Stallone, as the original star, in that original version, Jenny was the love interest. But then there's a lot of talk about not wanting to have a black and a white lead, black man, white woman, yeah. romantically on the screen, even in 84. That's what I was going to so say. I'm That's probably yeah. why. It's not that he's gay. It's just a studio No, decision. I know, I know. For yeah, sure. But now because of that... That racism, no, you're exactly right. Because of that, like then it, it does make it seem a little weird. Like how come, like normally, traditionally in a movie like this, she would be the romantic interest of, of which there is not really. Uh, oh, yep. But all of that to circle back to the point of why didn't she become a bigger star? And I wonder if it's because they weren't romantically an item in this film. And she just was kind of looked at as like this platonic character you know what I mean? And not that this is right, not that this is the way people should have looked at her, but it's like, sure, you were the co-star, you were the female lead in this huge film, but you weren't, like, sexy. Yeah, you know, yeah. you weren't, like, sexualized in this role, so then you, the doors aren't as open as they would have been if she was, like, Sharon Stone, and, like, you know, they really leaned into her sexuality with the, with the lead. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a domino thing. Maybe. The, the, knowing, especially, I'm sure, in the 80s, how... How probably shallow, let's just say, <laughs> studios, the studio opinion may have been, you know, get us a sexy leading woman, you know, and if you're viewed as just the buddy, you know, you could have been Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so like, maybe, sure, I mean, uh, sure. If you told me, if you told me that's exactly what happened, I'd say, okay, I, I believe you. What, what, what's your favorite parts? What's your best bit? What's the best, funniest part? I mean, Serge is my fan. I, la I laugh every time uh, he, he does that, that, whole, that whole bit when he talks about like the chest hair. Donnie, this is covered this up. It's I'm like sorry. the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy, it's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. <laughs> this is a really important piece. <laughs> he's like, he's saying like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, I cannot, because it's a very important piece. Is like, yeah. <laughs> is he so? $130,000. Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. It's serious, because it's very important piece. He's so believable. Like, I think, I don't understand why he, he and Jenny are just, were not bigger stars. I mean, Bronson had the, one of the biggest shows, not of all time, but at least of that era, of that yeah. 80s, late 80s, early 90s, has been Perfect Strangers. Uh, so obviously he had his moment and his star shine, but I just think he was really talented. I thought he was just really, really talented. I think I saw somewhere that he did a movie, he was in a movie with Tom Cruise. I forget what movie that was, but Tom Cruise said, don't do TV. You're a movie star, you have the talent, don't do TV, you will die in TV. And he did it anyway. He went on to do Perfect Strangers, obviously, and Tom Cruise was right. But yeah. he, I think he says he would not trade the experience, obviously. But Tom Cruise had him pegged as a movie star, and he said, no, I'll do TV, and ruined his film career. <laughs> yeah, interesting how that was that way back then. It's really hilarious, too, that character, just because like his accent is so 
all over the map. Like, where would you say he's from? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? He's just foreign. Like some, yeah, but that's that's what makes it so funny. It's like, what, Eastern Europe someplace? Like, yeah. it's just like this weird, yeah. <laughs> nondescript, very all over the place accent, but it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love it. My favorite part, I think, might be Eddie Murphy checking into the hotel. I was gonna say, that's my other, that's my other favorite part, is him checking into the hotel. That's, that is top, that's top level. I was gonna call the article, Michael Jackson is sitting on top of the world, but now I think I might as well just call it, Michael Jackson can sit on top of the world, just as long as he doesn't sit in the Beverly Palm Hotel, because there's no niggas allowed in there. Excuse me, sir. You just, you wish you could be like that. You, like, you wish you could walk into the nicest hotel uh, and, and just talk your way into a, a suite. Yeah. Because because you're that you're that clever. And yeah. his lines are just so funny. Yeah, the intelligence and the confidence that one must have to go into that establishment and persuade them so confidently is yeah. is like you just like you you wish you admire him, but you wish you could be that cool. Yeah. You know? All of your protagonists should be like this in a in a movie like this. Like I don't I feel like, like they've to gotten your, away to your from long-winded it. Kevin Hart point. That's what that's what that's what you should be doing. A hundred percent, but I feel like Again, Ryan Reynolds is the only person who comes to mind who would play such a role where they're just debonair. They're, they're confident, they're suave, they're charming, and their ability to manipulate situations in a fun, funny, clever, outlandish way is the thing that we're all laughing at and enjoying. It's fun and funny, but it's fun. Like what, can you name another actor or another role in recent history that like embodies that? Not off the top of my head, no. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. But yeah, I agree. But I'm sure there's other like, because we've, as we've talked about to death probably, Ryan Reynolds being so self-aware, just his nature is like self-referential, even when he's not intentionally breaking the fourth yeah. wall. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like his attitude is, like behind his eyes he is. Uh, so like, but, I, but I'm sure there's a ton of really talented actors that could do that. It's just the people aren't trying. I don't know. You know, like even even some act, like Kristen Wiig, like, like there's people that can do that, I'm sure, but they just aren't. Like maybe those those kind of films just aren't being made. Yeah, I just wonder why those those films aren't being made. Like a funny well, they James. are, and they star Ryan Reynolds. That's probably the answer, honestly. <laughs> like that's I really mean, what it is. Ryan Reynolds has been in a shit ton of films lately. Um, that are kind of like, like that. That are yeah, kind of like actiony films where, yeah. like the Adam Project. Like the Adam Project is kind of like that. He, but he doesn't. But he's he doesn't get into like charming situations. But that's kind of what his character's like. Not that self aware. Fucking Adam Project. That movie is fucking bonkers. We should talk about that at some point. <laughs> that movie was so nuts. I couldn't like I I, yeah. I couldn't I like I spasmed it, off of the couch at a point. It gets super nuts. It gets. <laughs> top level, top level CGI use in that one. Definitely, definitely should have been like, yep, this, uh, this fucking de-aging of, uh, I can't. Name? Catherine, I don't even know. I just died inside. You you said the Adam Project and my whole fucking brain just melted out of my just body. Like, it was like, <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, or even if you didn't, consider subscribing, liking the video, sharing, getting alerts, looking us up on uh, OnlyFans, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, we love you guys, we appreciate you. Thank you very much.